morning. Let's all stand together as our campuses join us over in Appleton and Stevens Point, and let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us here this morning at Celebration. Good morning to all you guys over at our other campuses, Stevens Point, Appleton. Uh, our uh, accounting department has asked that I uh, remind those of you who uh, don't really calculate, or it's hard to calculate your income based because of your business or the way that you're paid, bonuses and stuff like that till the end of the year. But if you want uh, to get a certain amount credited for your taxes, you've got till the end of the year. All right, next Sunday and uh, a few more days after that. So if you want to be concerned about that, check it out. We are doing a series of messages, uh, have been doing a series of messages based on uh, the Charles Dickens novel, A Christmas Carol. This is, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge, bog humbug. And uh, Scrooge is visited by three ghosts. And we've been talking about three ghosts. The first ghost was the ghost of Christmas past. Now, this is the ghost that haunts a lot of people. Their past is constantly coming back to yell at you, to guilt you, to make you feel bad. And a lot of people actually get frozen in their lives. They cannot function because everything for them is about trying to fix the past. But I have news for you this morning. You can't fix it, all right? If you could fix it, if we could make right that which we've made wrong all on our own, there would have been no Jesus, reason for Jesus to come and to die for our sins. The reality is we've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. Some not all that bad. Some rather proficient. <laughs> We don't know who's who, but if you knew what the person next to you did, you'd probably move over a chair or two, all right? But uh, the good news is that in God, we have forgiveness of our sins. He makes things right. He clears the deck. He wipes your slate clean. This is what we sing about. This is what we celebrate all year long, day in and day out, this glorious, wonderful thing. Now, the problem with trying to move past your past is that your past is constantly trying to remind you of the stupid you did. Because there are oftentimes consequences for our sins. God forgives us, but there's still consequences. Let's say you did something really bad and stupid and, you know, your marriage ended for whatever reason. Uh, God certainly forgives you, but you still have to pay alimony. <laughs> These things don't go away. Some people are in prison today. Uh, did God forgive them? Yes, he did. Uh, but the state hasn't 
and they still have the consequences. Uh, if you don't pay your taxes, God will forgive you. Uncle Sam, not as compassionate, all right? So because we are often dealing with the consequences of our sins, it's like we're trying to go back and rethink them and rework them through and trying to set it straight, constantly being haunted by what we did. We often think if I could just go back and do it again. But I got news for you. If you go back and do it again, you're going to do the same stupid thing you did the first time. Because that's what we do. Say, well, if I knew now, but you don't know now what when you take it back. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Don't constantly think you can't be happy because things didn't start right. Couples often get trapped into this thing. You know, well, our marriage didn't start right. Who cares? Doesn't matter how it started. It might have started with your father-in-law holding a shotgun to you. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how things start. What matters is what you do. Somebody say Amen. Don't constantly be living in the, oh, I wish I hadn't, and oh, if I've only, and what ifs, and what. Man, that ghost will haunt you and suck the life out of you, and you won't be able to function. You won't be able to move forward. You will be frozen, constantly haunted by what you've done. And he said, well, so Pastor, I, I still feel bad. I get that. But at some point, we have to realize if you come to God, you confess your sins, he forgives you, the slate is clean. And you try and remind God about your sins, he's looking at you like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? See, because he separates our sins from us. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, and there is no east pole or west pole, there's no ending. That's how far he's taken our sins away from us. The Bible says this, Paul wrote, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Jesus used the analogy of putting your hand to the plow. He says you need to keep looking forward. You don't plow going like this. Because if you go like this, you can't keep a straight line. You can't do it right. You'll still keep messing up. You got to turn away from the past and start looking forward. That is the ghost of Christmas past. Kind of a scary little creature. Then we talked about the ghost of Christmas present. And as you can see from our graphic here, he's a rather jolly looking fellow. And in Dickens' story, he's not really a scary ghost. He's laughing and just very cordial, very genial, very nice fellow. Because today is full of possibilities. It's always full of possibilities. And as I was talking about when I talked about this ghost, you got to understand the ghost of Christmas present is extremely powerful because it really does set your future. A lot of people are constantly worrying about what's going to happen in the future. I'll tell you what's going to happen in the future. It depends on what you do today. Don't neglect today. Today is the most powerful thing you have to make a difference in your life. You want to have more money in the future? Don't spend so much money today. You want to learn a language? You want to be able to speak another language in the next year or two or three? You practice a little bit today. You want to learn how to play the guitar? Oh, people say, oh, I wish I could play the guitar. I wish I could play the piano. Well, wishing doesn't mean jack. Wishing isn't going to do you any good. You can learn. Yeah, sure. You practice a little bit 
today. Our problem is, is that we're Americans and we don't like doing little things. We want big returns as quickly as possible. Uh, we want to do something and there's a big difference right away. But the truth of the matter is real change that's going to happen in your life one, two, three, four, five years down the road is really determined by the small things you do today. Don't get discouraged that you study something for 10 minutes and you don't have it all together by tomorrow. The problem is, you know, we want to practice today and tomorrow we give up because we can't play Beethoven. Well, I practiced for an hour yesterday. It's not going to do you any good. In fact, oftentimes, you know, <laughs> you know, we live in kind of a cramming culture. You know, don't study. Wait till the test comes and cram all night long. But the truth is you don't learn anything that way. Uh, if you, better to practice your piano lesson for 15 minutes a day than to spend, take one day and practice for eight hours. It's true. It's true of any skill. It takes time. The small things. Do little things. You want your life to be better? Everybody would say, yeah. Then do something about it. Today, it's not a mystery. Everybody thinks, oh, the future is such a... There's some things that are... You don't know what you're going to be facing. But by and large, you control what your life will look like five years from today based on what you do today. In fact, if we sat down and really took a good look at what you did last week, I can pretty much tell you what your life's going to look like in five years. We don't like to hear that because, well, that was just an anomaly. No, no, no. These things matter. People say, I want to be closer to God a year from today. Well, then pray a little today. People say, Pastor, I want to know more about, I wish I knew more about the Bible. Well, you, you wishing doesn't do jack. You got to do something about it. You want to know more about the Bible in a year or two from now? Read a little bit today. Here's a shocker. Go to Wednesday night Bible study. Amen. Amen. All the 10 people who come said that. I know most of you rats don't come because I see you. You're not here. Oh, I wish I knew more about it. It doesn't happen by osmosis. Can't sprinkle you with Bible pixie dust. Now you can know about the Bible. You do it on purpose. Life happens on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. The Bible says it this way. Do not be deceived. As the person pushing the button in the back is deceived. And now there we go. All right. Do not be deceived. If you don't push the button, the screen won't come up. <laughs> There's a lesson right there, right? And God bless, give him a hand, whoever's pushing buttons, God bless. <laughs> We're getting to the point, nobody's going to volunteer for this job, man. <laughs> Why didn't it come up? Because you didn't push the button. Doesn't matter how much I wanted it to come up. Doesn't matter if we all wanted it to come up. Look, they won't take it rid of it now. There we go. I ain't moving. Don't move it. No matter how much we all wanted to come, somebody doesn't push the button. I don't know where they're at. It isn't coming up. Things happen on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. The Bible says don't be deceived. And I'll tell you who the biggest deceiver is you. We deceive ourselves. We fool ourselves. We convince ourselves that what I do today really doesn't matter. But it does matter. What you do today will determine what happens? So do not be deceived. He says, we can put it back up now. <laughs> God cannot be mocked. Why does he say that? Because he can't go against his own word. What's his word? A man reaps what he sows. 
you will reap what you sow. Pastor, my life stinks. Why? Because you're doing stinking things. It's true. So you're judging me. I'm not judging you. <laughs> this is the rule. You, we reap what you sow. Doesn't matter how cute you are. Doesn't matter how smart you think you are. Doesn't matter what kind of family you come from. Some of you come from really weird ones. You will reap what you sow. You can't escape it. It's the one thing, you cannot escape it. You want to change your life, you start changing it. Take today seriously, every day. Every day wake up and say, man, today, what I do today matters. Say this to yourself, every day wake up, wake up, your eyes are, what I do today matters. What I do, what do you really want to accomplish in the next couple of years? Do a little bit of it today. A little, not tons of it. So we want these big payoffs all the time. Right away, right away, right away. And that's why we get discouraged. We got to be more patient. We're so stinking impatient in this country. You know, it's like, I remember when, if you wanted to get hot water, you had to put it on a stove. Remember those old days? And you turned on the thing and you had to wait for the bubbles to start bubbling. Blah, 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 blah. Just waiting, 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 waiting. Now we have microwaves. And it happens really fast. But even then, I find myself. Come on! It's been 15 seconds. How long does this take? So we want stronger microwaves. We want nuclear-powered microwaves. Stick in front of the nuclear. We're done. So impatient. We're drawn to things that have a quick payoff. So a lot of people go gambling. They want a quick payoff. Well, payoff. I want quick. I win. I can, I can make some money today. Big money today. Well, chances are, you're crazy. You're going to lose money today. By the way, if your retirement plan in any way involves the lottery, you are a moron. We want quick payoffs today. That's the, that's, that's the, that's the allure of the casino. Because the reality is you can have more money a year from now. Save it. Don't spend so much. Work a little harder. You can have the more. But that has no appeal. See, we want the quick payoff. That's why people like to get high. Man, just pop a pill. Woo! <laughs> I didn't take any. I'm just telling you. That's <laughs> I knew there was something wrong with him taking pills. <laughs> Grab a bottle. <laughs> now, I remember when we were hippies. Joe, you remember back there like 800 years ago? Back in hippies. See, the reason why we like pills is because the bottle took too long. Right? You got to drink that thing, drink that thing, drink that thing. You pop one pill. Whoa. Of course, it will kill you, fry your brain, which explains a lot, right? <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's a misspent youth. But the appeal of it is right now. Oh man, it's right now. We want big payoffs right now. No, 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 no. It takes time. You want a better marriage a year from now? Be nicer today. It's a shocker, isn't it? It's amazing. 
Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. All of that brings us now to the Christmas, the ghost of Christmas yet to come. This one's a scary one. Look at that guy. Ooh, he's nasty looking. Looks like the grim reaper all shrouded, black, beady, creepy eyes, bony hands. When you're reading Dickens' story here, ugh, this guy is creepy. Really creepy. Doesn't say a thing. Scrooge keeps trying to talk to it, but it never responds. And then finally get to the culmination of the story where we read this in Dickens' novel. He says, the spirit stood among the graves and pointed down to one. Scrooge advanced toward it, trembling. He dreaded that he saw a new meaning in its solemn shape. Before I, I, I draw nearer to that stone to which you point, said Scrooge, answer me one question. Are these the things, shadow of things that will be or are they shadow of things that may be only? Still the ghost pointed downward to the grave by which it stood, immovable as ever. Its finger pointed from the grave and to him and back again. Scrooge crept toward it, trembling as he went. And following the finger, he read upon the stone of the neglected grave, his own name, Ebenezer Scrooge. This reality is what changes Scrooge forever. Now, I'm pretty sure that somewhere in a handbook for preachers, it's probably written on the Sunday before Christmas, don't talk about dying. <laughs> it's kind of a downer. <laughs> But it's a part of our story here. And it's actually not very far at all from the purpose of Christmas. You see, we do Christmas to remember that Jesus came, but it's not really remembering that Jesus came. It's remembering why he came. We read about that in the Christmas account in Matthew, the very first chapter where it says that she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. Because of the ghosts of Christmas past, because of our mistakes, because of what we've done. Why is this important? The Bible also says this, because it is appointed unto men once to die. Everybody's got to die. And it's not just dying, but after this, the judgment. Ah, the judgment. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come after we have shuttled off this mortal coil must give us pause. Pretty good, huh? Shakespeare. Anyway, still remember that from high school. <laughs> That's all I remember from high school. I was into pills. That's the problem there. All right, so... <laughs> Praise God. As it upon once and after this, the what's the judgment? What happens in the judgment? We read about it in the very last book of the Bible. And if you want to have a creepy night's sleep, read that thing before you go to sleep. Because there's some weird stuff coming our way. And it reads here into the second to the last chapter of Revelation. He says, Then I saw a great white throne. 
and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what had been done as recorded in the books. You see, just as the ghost of Christmas yet to come pointed sternly at Ebenezer's grave, this is what awaits all of us. But this is where Christmas comes in. It was in the face of this certainty, the certainty of what lies beyond the grave that comes the judgment. This is why God sent Jesus, so that he could wipe the slate clean. Hallelujah. The Rome Bible tells us this. God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to make things right because we can't make it right. You can't undo what has been done. It's beyond our capability. So Jesus comes, offers up his very life for us to pay the price for our transgressions. It's pretty powerful stuff the grace of God, the kindness of God, the love of God, his amazing forgiveness for all who will simply put their hope and trust in him. What's shocking to me is how difficult this is for so many people. Actually, it's more than just towards God, it's everybody. It's amazing how many people have a hard time saying they're sorry. I mean, it's really hard for them. I don't get, it's like, you know, giving up a liver without anesthetic. Just ripping it out. Just to say, I'm sorry. Really? Just say, I'm sorry. Why is that so hard? I don't understand it. I say it frequently. <laughs> Why is that? Because I'm sorry, man. <laughs> What's the big deal? Just say you're sorry. You want a happy marriage? Two words. I'm sorry. You want a really happy wife? You got to let her know why you're sorry. I'm sorry, won't cut it. <laughs> she wants to know why you feel that way. I'm sorry. You want to really get along with people? Add some more words to it. You were right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. What is the big stinking deal? Why is that so hard for people? I guess people are insecure. I don't know. I honestly don't get it. I guess I fail so often, I'm more comfortable with the concept. I can't imagine, but apparently some of y'all live such a perfect life that your life is so perfect at all times that one mistake and you can't get your head around it. Really? Mercy. I don't understand it. And when it comes to God, the main reason why some people are still resisting God in their lives, they cannot comprehend looking to heaven and saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really? We read the very famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Paul writes about this when he writes to the Corinthian church. He says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. Now, a lot of people, they think that's all that happens. We sleep. When you're dead, you're dead. You're not even mostly dead. You're completely dead. Just dead is dead. Once you're dead, so man, party. Eat, drink, and be merry. Have a good time today because you might be dead tomorrow. Go full force today because life is short. Really? 
Paul says, no, I got a mystery for you. Here's the reality. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at that last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? This is what we celebrate because of Christmas. And instead of facing that scary gravestone, we approach it with confidence, knowing that my future my eternal future is secure, not because of what I've done, but because of what he did for me. And when you live that way, your heart is filled with that faith and assurance. That's when we look forward to this that is written in Revelation, the very last chapter. He says, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your glorious, kind grace towards us. Help us, O Lord God, in the midst of our daily lives, when we make mistakes to the people that we're living with. Help us to more easily say, you know, I'm sorry. But even more importantly, help us to make things right with you and to be able to say, I'm sorry. So that we might be among those who will experience no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, and where there'll be no more pain. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Have a great Christmas. See you Christmas Eve.